0: Um, and the other thing is, don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, as long as you're not a one-person company, there are going to be people who can help you. I mean, you never have to think about it as you're going it on your own.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Support Ops podcast. It's a show devoted entirely to helping you be a customer support pro. Check out the blog at supportops.co. You can follow along on Twitter. The handle for the site is at SupportOps if you like just getting the articles, if you want to hear my random thoughts and uh, you know ramblings and other things, follow me too. It's at Chase Clements. I'm your host, Chase Clemens, if the Twitter name didn't give it away there. This is episode number 29 with Diana Potter. She's a customer, uh, customer success engineer at customer.io, probably my favorite URL on the web. Uh, so Diana, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're gonna start easy, simple, all that fun stuff. How are you for the day?
0: I am good. Busy day, but you know, it's getting to the evening.
1: Yeah, it's uh, for those of you that like knowing when we record stuff. This is a Monday, and if your Monday's been anything like my Monday has, it's a crazy Monday.
0: Yeah, mine's probably been like yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, at least with with our customers, um, you know, with with Basecamp customers, we see a little bit higher volume than Customer uh, IO does, but. You know, we've got a full team of ten people behind us. You're just you, right? Yep. I'm just me. Just you. Um, so the the single support pro going on. So tell our audience a little bit about who you are, what customer I.O. is, and how you ended up at Customer I.O. Um Yeah,
0: that is never an easy one to answer. <laughs> I mean, I'll start off with like what customer I.O. is. Um, so the best way to summarize it is we're software to help people send emails based on what customers do or don't do in software. So basically, we help people who have web or mobile apps um, track their users and then send them really highly targeted emails based on that. I mean, it can get super nitty-gritty of, you know, this person spent this amount of money, visited the site ten times, and performed this action, send them an email. So,
1: so it's not the ninth time. It's the tenth time that finally yes, puts it over. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is actually an example that I helped some with earlier. Uh, so people do get that detailed. Um, as to me, I've been doing support for, gosh, like eight years now. You've been um, all over
1: the place, right?
0: I have been. I mean, the the kind of like most well known companies that I've worked for is I worked for Campaign Monitor for about six years. Um, I was the first ever remote support person. So, not their only support person, but I was number two on the team. Um, and then I moved on to working at Desk for a while, um, which is a support software. So, I was support for support, which is fun. <laughs> um, and then the customer IO, you know, opportunity came up where I could be the support person and really drive that entire section of the company and who could turn that down
1: yeah at that point you just have to go with it exactly And customer io i love you guys you guys are fantastic if i had anything that needed that kind of that kind of attention i would use you but i just don't so
0: you need to get working on that
1: i know it's it's probably like when i visit your site not the ninth time but the tenth time yeah. i get an email <laughs> from you right
0: well, you'd have to be a user of ours to get an email. So,
1: oh man, I just meant like your personal site. Oh yeah, right.
0: No, I'd still need some way to track <laughs> if you're a user.
1: Yeah. It, so I, I saw today on Twitter where you're, where I think Colin was talking about it, or maybe the 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 customer IO Twitter feed was talking yeah. about it. But it, volume for your typical day is like right at like forty cases, right? Yeah, that's average. That's pretty average. So that's on the weekdays. Weekend, does it kind of slow down for you?
0: Thankfully, weekend slows down pretty dramatically. We get maybe like five to ten questions um, per day on the weekend. So.
1: Nice. And is it all through email, or are we dealing with other support channels too?
0: Um, Yeah. So that's only email numbers. Um, okay. I'd say 99% of our support is via email. We get the occasional question via Twitter. Uh, we don't do phone support or chat, though, so...
1: Yeah, there's only one of you. So yeah, so, exactly. You know. And when I say that, I just have this mental image of you like replying to a chat and holding a phone to your ear too. You know, like trying to make it work. I, I just, I, I don't see how you can make that work. You're just one person.
0: I have actually done that at previous jobs, and I don't <laughs> recommend
1: it. Oh, see, this is why I wanted you on the show because you're so well versed in customer support. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about customer IO and and your support experience there, but I also want to like pick your brain on other stuff too. Um, So yeah, let's start with, with, like I mentioned customer IO it's super small team talking 40 cases or so on a given day Um, how do you handle being the only customer success person on it
0: so it is a little bit daunting especially since um, I started at customer IO in November and we had less than 30 cases on average a day then so I was actually
1: bumped up for 10 that's awesome
0: yeah so we've gone up about like 33 percent just in the last couple of months um, which is a really large spike um so yeah the first thing i've been doing is um we just kind of implemented i don't know the best response for this like um support driven development or you know whole company support that kind of thing um so as of last week everyone on the team has to give me an hour during the week so like everyone gets an assigned day so that basically gives me an hour a day to work on non-support tickets (laughs) nice Um, but yeah, otherwise, um, I spend a lot of time, you know, whenever I'm answering something, if I know I've answered it once before it gets tagged and then I go and write a support doc about it as soon as I have time. So that's, that is a daunting thing. Trying to find time when you are one person, luckily I work on a great team. And if I just kind of pop up in our little hip chat chat room and say, uh, busy help people will help. Even if it's not their time,
1: they all just come running.
0: Well, <laughs> Colin <Right>. comes running.
1: <laughs> I could see that from him too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we just finished uh, a hangout episode about being a solo support pro and, and kind of what that goes into. Um, and that's kind of what I want to one of the things I want to pick your mind. Uh, you know, you mentioned that when it comes to your time, you get one hour a day from other people. So basically, like five hours a week, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Four. Five hours. <laughs> are a team of five. So. You are a team of five. I keep thinking you're six, but you're five. Yep. Um, so four hours a week to work on other help docs and, and that kind of thing. Um, so kind of take me through your flow here. You, you get a customer email um, that you've seen before that you want to write the new help doc for. Is there just some uh, like to-do list you throw it on or some tag that you throw it on? Like, like take us through from there over to where you actually have time to write the new help doc for, for that particular question.
0: Yeah, so I use tags. Um, we use uh, uh, Help Scout. Even though I worked for Desk, we use Help Scout.
1: Um, Everyone uses Help Scout.
0: I like them. It's really simple. Um, but yeah, I I just throw a tag of feature request on it, and then like, anytime I have any kind of downtime, which you know, maybe every other day pretty much. Um, I'll just go through anything that's tagged as that and then I'll write up documents. Um, Some, you know, can be really quick. You know, it's what does this area of the app mean sort of thing. Um, Those I just knock out during that day. If it's something that's really involved, like I'm writing a liquid tutorial right now, um, which is taking a while, that one stays tagged just as kind of my own little reminder all the time. (laughs) And then, yeah, I write it and then I uh, generally publish about once a week.
1: So Colin has set you up where it's easy publishing those things out. There's no big, long, lengthy process or anything.
0: No, I mean, everything's in GitHub and we use um, Jekyll for our blog and our docs. I love
1: Jekyll. So it's like an ideal customer setup right there. It works pretty well. Yeah, Help Scout, Jekyll. I mean, what's not to love about this? Uh, Yeah. So one of the questions that that I was talking to the guys on the Hangout episode with, I want to get your answer on too. How do you like set your expectations with your customers? Do they know that it's just you um, answering all these? Like, you know, is a customer, does a customer get mad or anything if they don't get a reply like right away?
0: I was so, I'm so glad you're asking that because I watched the Hangout and I wanted to chime in.
1: (laughs) Ah, see, doing doing some uh, show prep there. I like that.
0: Well, I, I yes. watch the hangout most of the time. but nice. um, So, yeah, what do you do? Yeah, so we're actually not, like, super upfront about that. Um, it, it sounds weird. I think we would be in other cases, but so many of our customers are U.S. time-based that it's actually, like, you know, it, it's not at a point where they really need to know. Um, we do kind of try and make it clear, though, that we don't, you know, answer every single support ticket on the weekends. Uh, I do like taking some time off. Weird.
1: (laughs) but It's such a novel idea, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't even have a, a, like, help page. We don't have a contact form. People just send us emails. So there isn't really a great place for us to say that. Um, But I'll send out, like, an autoresponder if it's a holiday, and I'm just not going to work. But otherwise, I'm just really lucky that the bulk of our support comes in while I'm on working.
1: Yeah, what happens on like vacation days? Have you taken any vacation at Customer I.O. yet?
0: I have not taken any vacation yet. I have gotten sick, however.
1: Yeah, and- so that's a good example. So you get sick, yeah. What, does Colin step in?
0: Yeah, Colin steps in. So mm. I have vacation planned for April, and he'll be stepping in for me again.
1: Oh, he's such a great guy.
0: He is. He's probably overworked,
1: but... <laughs> And I guess as much as we're talking about him I'll, I'll put a link to his Twitter <laughs> feed in the show notes Just to, to say thanks and all Because, he you know, he does One of the things... I did an interview with him um, uh, a while ago. I forget when exactly it was, but one of the things that really came across in it, you could tell that he really loved customer support and really wanted to nail the experience with your your customers. Um, and, and you've tried some really novel ideas in the past. There was one, uh, one article that I was reading where he mentioned that you actually had a campfire room for people to stop by and, and, and check things out. Now, I heard you mentioned hip chat, so I'm guessing you've moved on from campfire. We have, yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally understand that. No hard feelings. Um, but yeah, do, do you still have like a room for that or is it all just kind of email driven now?
0: We don't. So, um, that one kind of got phased out as we were trying to scale. Um, there was a post on our blog, uh, last week where we kind of talked about some of the stuff that we used to do and, you know, kind of where we're focusing now. And that was one of the ones that, um, it, it didn't get that many customers in it. Um, we were still doing the campfire room when I started and I don't think I ever actually saw a customer pop in.
1: Wow. So ghost town.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So that was something we phased out. And instead, you know, we're really focused on getting quick, but super thorough replies via email.
1: Yeah. So what does that look like? So you're slimming back uh, on some of the channels. Um, Is that the only thing you're doing to kind of get faster at those email replies?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really just having focus and, you know, doing more self-service things, you know, having um, help documentation, having videos, stuff like that to walk people through just to kind of help people help themselves. And then otherwise, it's just focusing on getting as fast as possible at email.
1: Yeah, you know, I think you mentioned videos that it seems daunting, especially for smaller teams, right? So you're handling answering those emails and you've got to fit in some time to do videos and everything else. Uh, Kind of tell us about your workflow for creating those videos. Is it like super fancy or anything like that?
0: Um, Well, I can't actually speak to that too much because that one's Collins.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's Colin. I knew I should have got him on the show, too.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I might start doing some of the videos. Uh, I just haven't yet. And he really quite likes doing them. Even <laughs> if he says he doesn't. I know he does.
1: <laughs> but uh, I just, yeah, so, have you noticed like a like an impact from those?
0: Definitely. I mean, yeah. we just had one that's basically like a 20-minute total walkthrough of getting started with the software. and. We started sending that out, you know, in welcome emails and stuff like that automatically and I've seen a total dip in the number of people who just come with like, so how do I get started type questions?
1: That's awesome. So and just kinda to round out with, with customer I.O. before we dive into some of your other experiences, um, what what kind of you know, you mentioned that This is like your support team, right? You're the only one. It's kind of like your baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, What next steps are we looking at to to improve the experience there for the customer?
0: Um, Definitely more documentation. That's one of the big ones. Uh, We're actually working on a new UI, um, which is going to be released probably first quarter. Um, But that one has the whole team looking at any feedback that we get. I'm spending a lot of time tracking feedback. And the idea is to look for areas where customers just get hung up. And just fix it. You know, we're just doing it as a big project, not like an incremental small changes. I mean, we'll do that afterwards. But but this is like a complete rethink, which is fun.
1: Yeah, I like that. So how are you tracking what your customers are telling you?
0: So we have two ways to do that. Um, the first one is when people are on kind of like the dashboard area in our software, uh, there's a little box that just asks them, you know, send us any feedback you have. And that gets tracked. Um, We're sending that into support now, too, so that I can write and kind of clarify with people where they're getting hung up. And then otherwise, we just get people who email in feedback. And I just have a really monstrous Google Doc spreadsheet where I'm kind of tracking everything. So eventually, we might graduate some more than that. We put some stuff in Trello, too. You know, once it's kind of a, yes, we think we should do this, then it goes in there, sort of sort of thing. But it's basically just a monstrous spreadsheet that I have to keep track of. It helps that there's just me. So I know, you know, my the method to my madness.
1: Nobody touched the spreadsheet. Yeah, pretty much. Completely hands off. (laughs) Cool. So now, what's the biggest difference you've encountered Going to customer iO from having Workdesk, which is you know a big support team with with Salesforce and, and that kind of thing and campaign monitor, which is a big support team in and of itself um, kind of like what's the big thing that that you notice moving into the customer success at customer iO?
0: You know I don't really think that there is a big thing there's so many kind of universals with support. And what sticks most in my head is just that I only started in November, so there's still so much for me to learn. That's, like, my day-to-day thing is learning all the ins and outs of the software myself so that I can teach customers about it. And the biggest difference, really, is our customers are developers. So in addition to, you know, being used to answering any support question, I have to be a lot more on my toes with API questions.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that would be a, challenge. a challenge. Yeah. Um. So coming from from those other companies and moving into CustomerIO, was there anything like real big that you know this just a big idea you wanted to focus on? Like was there something that that Desk and uh, Campaign Monitor had that you were like, yes, CustomerIO doesn't have this yet, but it really needs it.
0: You know, my biggest focus is actually documentation. Um, CustomerIO has great documentation now, but it's small, you know, it's the product of having just a couple people, basically, in the whole company, not on a team, um, so that is kind of my number one focus, it was my number one focus, a desk, too, so I love writing documentation, so I loved the idea of kind of coming in when there's very little documentation, and I, I just kind of took control of it, and I'm in the process of completely redoing everything, and... It's fun.
1: <laughs> it's the control. You get to control oh, yeah. it all.
0: I'm totally, you know, I'm all about the power. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it Moving chess pieces or wrist pieces or whatever board game you play, you know? Yep. Um, was there anything at, at the other two jobs that, like, were your hands ever tied in a way that you were like, if I ever get my own support team, I'm going to do this <laughs> differently?
0: You know, I would not say that my hands were terribly tied at campaign monitor. Um I'm not
1: saying like bad mouth, no, anything no, Matthew's no, not doing like over there.
0: I, I'm like totally saying good things here. Campaign <laughs> monitor gave their their customer support people just freedom to do what they thought they needed to do. Um and I honestly I've taken that to heart and that is what it's gonna be at Customer I.O.
1: Alright, so with, with uh, you know, with campaign monitors um help docs, you know, we're that seems to be a central kind of topic we keep coming back to. CM, they, they've got some of the best help docs out there. I mean, yes. they're absolutely fantastic, really, really well done. It covers just about everything that, that you would want. And they've a technical product just like customer iOS. Um, so what what lessons are you taking from their docs and applying it to the, to the ones that you're creating?
0: Having... Um like, as much information as you can, written really well. Um, Carly, who writes the docs over at Campaign Monitor, I bug her frequently when I have questions um, because she used to be a marketing kind of writer, and so she takes that tone. It's a really good way to kind of have technical but non-technical docs at the same time, so I am completely inspired by that. It's, yeah... (laughs)
1: So, how do you? I think that's a unique challenge. Like, when I'm working with any of the Basecamp help docs, um, you know, Basecamp is a really simplistic Mm -hmm. product. There's not a lot of like technical things that go into it. Certainly not dealing with like uh, API and programmer things. How do, with the customer IO docs, how are you presenting that technical information in ways that's still easy to understand? I guess that's like my biggest hang up. I, I wouldn't even know where to start when it comes to talking about an API in a help page. Do you have any tips uh, of how you've been able to do that so far?
0: Not really, to be honest. I mean, when it comes to talking about APIs, I generally don't kind of try and write it from the non-technical perspective because no matter what, you're going to be lost. Um, So I really kind of try and look at our docs as a breakdown of what is highly technical, which is the API stuff. It's anything that starts talking code. And then we also have customers that are kind of the marketing people on a technical team, and we need docs that are just, For them, you know, it's writing your content. It's, you know, kind of the more simple stuff. And that's where you really not dumb it down because you're not dumbing it down. You just have to think about it from the perspective of someone who doesn't write code all day.
1: Mm -hmm. So are are those docs like in the same place? Like, I know. I, I kind of refer back to, like, Basecamp. So Basecamp help pages are one place, and then any information about our API that programmers would use is on its own page over on GitHub. Um, so are you keeping all that, like, in the same area of the customer I.O. website?
0: Yep, it's all in the same area. Uh, the API docs are linked off from the main docs, but we do still have highly technical docs kind of built in, Um So it really is just kind of, you know, letting people browse or search for what they need and writing, just knowing that this is something that someone needs to be technical for. So writing it technically.
1: So when it comes to other people that are in the same situation, right? So they're the first support hire. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're working on a small team. They're balancing the help docs. They're balancing customers. They're balancing sales and all this other kind of stuff. Um, what's kind of, you know, if you could look at someone like you in a different company, what's kind of like the biggest piece of advice you would give them to help them be better at, at supporting customers?
0: You know, the biggest piece of advice I'd give is take a deep breath and don't get overwhelmed. Because <laughs> that that's one I struggle with too. But it's really easy to when you're just looking at this great big sea of stuff. Um, and the other thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, as long as you're not a one-person company, there are going to be people who can help you. I mean, you never have to think about it as you're going it on your own. And then otherwise, stay organized. And staying organized is like, the thing that gets me through the day knowing that you know i take a break at a certain time and i'm just not going to allow myself not to take that break or you know i might work on documentation from three to four in the afternoon and unless something's broken a customer's ticket can wait a little while it's not going to kill me (laughs) or anyone else
1: yeah you know even even on a bigger team i think one of the things you said with the taking the break same time every day i do that and it makes such a A big difference. Like no matter how bad the morning started, I know that I've got a break, that I'm going to be able to step away, that I'm going to be able to like clear my head, walk around the block a couple of times. Like that is such a little thing that makes such a big difference. Um, And yeah, I absolutely love it. So final question and I love this question um, because I never, you know, a lot of the guests we kind of talk a little bit first about like some of the things we're going to talk about Mm. on the show and all that. This is one that I don't uh, don't give anybody in advance, because I really want to know like a spontaneous thing. So what I want to know is, is what's the best support experience you've had where you were the customer, right? So where somebody helped you out rather than you being the support person that was helping them out.
0: Oh, gosh, I could tell you about the worst ones.
1: Um, Uh, The
0: the best, like the best thing that comes to my mind is Zappos. Like anytime I've ever had to ask a question or anything, they're just – everyone is super nice and friendly and gets you an answer quickly that isn't stupid. Everyone's gotten those auto-replies, and I never feel like I've gotten an auto-reply from there, which is really nice.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, Zappos is one of those – and we were talking about it on uh, the Hangout last week, I think. It's one of those like – you hear about them being renowned for their customer support and every now and then you hear like this one horror story and you're like wait what that no was that Zappos uh,
0: I think every horror? company has a horror story
1: oh yeah oh yeah uh, yeah so great I love it uh, Zappos for the, for the win on that one definitely um, cool so that means episode 29 now is in the books Dana what's the best place for people to find you online
0: Twitter I'm Dr. Potter
1: dr potter
0: dr potter i'm not a doctor though those are just initials
1: that's totally no you're, you're forever dr potter now
0: oh i get I that all the that. time anyway
1: <laughs> so dr potter on twitter that's the best place show notes are going to be up support forward slash podcast if you like the show go ahead and open up itunes give us a rating it always goes a long way to spreading the word thanks again for listening i'm chase and until we talk again have an awesome week